the things I put up with, folks. <laughs> Welcome to worship today uh, from the sanctuary of the First Presbyterian Church of Quincy. We have a bit of a battle going on between the technicians and the talent. They're calling me a diva. <laughs> My heart is broken, but I'm glad to be here with you uh, in the way that we can from the, again, the sanctuary here at the First Presbyterian Church of Quincy. So um, let us worship together here, connected by the Holy Spirit. And if you feel safe enough, also we can worship together in person on the soccer field Sunday mornings at 11 o'clock. Uh, a chance for us to see each other from 15 foot of distance with our masks on, but still uh, to feel that connection that we all crave so very, very much. I do have some announcements to share before we get into worship. Uh, first of all, I do ask that you remember those on our prayer list. Uh, we still do have a church member in TMH in the ICU uh, COVID unit. She has had a challenging week. Um, past couple days have been a little bit better. Uh, you do know her name if you're getting our uh, prayer list. So please keep her and her husband, her children, her grandchildren in your thoughts and in your prayers uh, this week. Uh, also, please remember those who have had uh, procedures this week, who are fighting illness this week, who are in mourning this week, uh, for those that are just feeling overwhelmed by this week and the many weeks that have been strung together of just heightened tension and anxiety and worry. So remember all of our friends, all of our neighbors in your prayers. Um, at in-person worship on Sunday morning, we do have a congregational meeting. So I announced that to you as part of the book of order requirement. The purpose of the meeting is to approve the pastor's terms of call, which allows us to continue in this relationship for another year. It's something we have to do each year. It is a requirement. So please be in person in worship if you can. So we have a quorum and we can take care of that business. Also, uh, on Sunday morning together, we'll be installing, uh, ordaining our new deacons and elders. So that's always a celebration. Uh, please do come to celebrate their calling and to support uh, their calling into the offices that y'all have put them in. Um, I'm gonna be out of the pulpit for the next three weeks, uh, but you will be well provided for. You will have capable leadership uh, but I am going to be gone for a little bit. Uh, no big deal, just uh, taking a tiny break. Uh, and also, I do want to thank you for continuing to support your church, this congregation, with your tithes, your gifts, and your offerings. Uh, you have not lost any momentum or any steam. You're still doing a wonderful job, and I do thank you for that. It does allow us to do so very, very much here in our community. Uh, anything I missed from y'all? No, maybe, no, all right, very well. Again, friends, welcome. It's good to know that you are there. It is good to know that your prayers are with my prayers, are with all of our prayers uh, for that day that we'll be together shoulder to shoulder again in this beautiful space. And as always, thanks to the technicians complaining as they do, Tamara and Scott, thank you. You're appreciated. Doesn't sound like it. You're also appreciated. Thank you. Thank you both. Um, also, uh, thanks to this week, Chris and Jenna, 
who are providing our service music. Uh, they've been wonderful through this whole thing. So thanks, Chris. Thanks, Jenna. And again, thanks to y'all for being here uh, across distance, across time, but yet connected in worship today. So church family, friends, and neighbors, the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with you. Let us worship God with thanksgiving. Let us pray. Good Heavenly Father, with joy and awe, we praise you for claiming us as your children and for pouring your Holy Spirit upon us. Help us to prepare this earth for your glory and to shine your light on all of your children for the sake of the one whose birth and baptism brought renewal and transformation to this world. God the Creator, create in us the willingness and ability to reflect Christ's goodness, to become beacons of compassion, kindness, generosity, honesty, patience, trust, and peace. Inspire in us loving hearts that we would recognize your many blessings and that we would be eager to share your blessings with others. Heal our world of illness, conflict, despair, poverty, and pain. Heal our nation of our great ideological, philosophical, racial, economic, regional, sinful divisions. Divisions we created and we grew. Divisions which we need your help to repair. On this day, as we celebrate the sacrament of baptism and the baptism of the Lord Jesus Christ, remind us of all the grace and forgiveness and redemption inherently part of your gift of divine reconciliation. Help us, please, to recognize and help with your good work. Use us for the betterment of our communities and the world. Help us to see each other as precious, to find the best in each other, to celebrate diverse experience while we seek common ground, to reach out in hope, to act always in good faith. All this we pray in the name of Jesus Christ, who in addition to everything else, taught us to pray together this prayer, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Friends, on this uh, Baptism of the Lord Sunday, the Sunday that we do celebrate the baptism of Jesus Christ. Uh, this first piece of music is a baptismal hymn, Come Thou Fount of Every Blessing. Sonnet sung by flaming 
is the mount I'm fixed upon it, mount of God's unchanging love. Oh, to grace how great a debtor, daily I'm constrained to be. Let that grace now, like a fetter, bind my wandering heart to Thee. Prone to wander, Lord, I feel it. Prone to leave the God I love. Here's my heart, oh, take and seal it. Seal it for Thy courts Thank you, Chris. Thank you, Jenna. One of my very favorite hymns. Thank you so very much. Friends, our passages for today, uh, we have two. The first is from the book of Psalms, the 51st Psalm, verses 6 through 17. It is um, a reminder of what God can do and what God will do uh, for and through and with God's people. Hear now the word of the Lord. Lord, you desire truth in the inward being. Therefore, teach me wisdom in my secret heart. Purge me with hyssop and I shall be clean. Wash me and I shall be whiter than snow. Let me hear joy and gladness. Let the bones that you have crushed rejoice. Hide your face from my sins and blot out all my iniquities. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and put a new and right spirit within me. Do not cast me away from your presence. Do not take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and sustain in me a willing spirit. Then I will teach transgressors your ways and sinners will return to you. Deliver me from bloodshed, O God, O God of my salvation and my tongue will sing aloud of your deliverance. O Lord, open my lips, and my mouth will declare your praise, for you have no delight in sacrifice. If I were to give a burnt offering, you would not be pleased. The sacrifice acceptable to God is a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart. O God, you will not despise. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Our New Testament lesson is from the Gospel according to Luke, from the third chapter, the first 22 verses. It is Baptism of the Lord Sunday, so our text is chosen uh, for an obvious reason, as it is the account in Luke's Gospel of Jesus being baptized by his cousin, John. Now, in Luke's telling, there are a few less details about John and a lot less about the baptism of Jesus, but a lot more about what John says to the gathered crowd. So here now, the story, the account of John's preaching to the people and Jesus's baptism. In the 15th year of the reign of Emperor Tiberius, when Pontius Pilate was governor of Judea, and Herod was ruler of Galilee, and his brother Philip, ruler of the region of the Etheria and Trachonius, 
and Lysanias, ruler of Abilene, during the high priesthood of Annas and Caiaphas, the word of God came to John, son of Zechariah, in the wilderness. He went into all the region around the Jordan, proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins, as it is written in the book of the words of the prophet Isaiah. The voice of the one crying out in the wilderness, prepare the way for the Lord, make his paths straight. Every valley shall be filled and every mountain and hill shall be made low and the crooked shall be made straight and the rough ways made smooth and all flesh shall see, shall see the salvation of God. John said to the crowds that came out to be baptized by him, you brood of vipers who warned you to flee from the wrath to come. Bear fruits worthy of repentance. Do not begin to say to yourselves, we have Abraham as our ancestor. For I tell you, God is able from these stones to raise up children to Abraham. Even now the ax is lying at the root of the trees. Every tree, therefore, that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. And the crowds asked him, what then should we do? In reply, he said to them, whoever has two coats must share one with anyone who has none, and whoever has food must do likewise. Even tax collectors came to be baptized, and they asked him, teacher, what should we do? He said to them, collect no more than the amount prescribed for you. Soldiers also asked him, and what should we do? He said to them, do not extort money from anyone by threats or false accusation and be satisfied with your wages. The people were filled with expectation and all were questioning in their hearts concerning John, whether he might be the Messiah. And John answered all of them saying, I baptize you with water, but one who is more powerful than I is coming. I am not worthy to untie the thong of his sandals. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. His winnowing fork is in his hand to clear his threshing floor and to gather the wheat into his granary, but the chaff he will burn with unquenchable fire. So with many other exhortations, John proclaimed the good news to the people. But Herod, the ruler, who had been rebuked by him because of Herodias, his brother's wife, and because of all of the evil things that Herod had done, added to them all by shutting up John in prison. And now when all the people were baptized, and when Jesus also had been baptized and was praying, the heaven was opened, and the Holy Spirit descended upon him in bodily form like a dove. And a voice came from heaven, You are my son, the beloved. With you, I am well pleased. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Today we celebrate the baptism of the Lord. And we give thanks to God that Jesus, who was without sin, gave us a special rite, a sacrament to help us push back on the sin, both in our lives as individuals and the world. Baptism is sacred to us, 
sacred. It is a sacrament. In most Protestant churches, churches born of the Reformation, there are two recognized sacraments, baptism and the Eucharist, the Lord's Supper, communion. The Western Christian Church, the Roman Catholic Church, from which the Reformed churches split, recognizes seven, seven sacraments. Holy orders, confirmation, anointing the sick, reconciliation, matrimony, and these two we know, baptism and the Eucharist. In both the Roman Catholic Church and Protestant churches, the sacraments are sacraments because those respective churches have judged that they are the things Christ explicitly told Christians to do. Now, I'm not going to get all into the biblical and theological how and why of the Roman Catholic Church 7, but the Protestant churches count those two based on scriptural texts, including what we find in the last chapter of Matthew's Gospel. This is for baptism. Go therefore and make disciples, baptizing all in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And in the story from Luke that we just read. And then for the Last Supper, texts are cited from the New Testament Gospels and other books of the New Testament like Acts and the letters of Paul in which Jesus shares meals with his disciples and says this over and over again, do this in remembrance of me. That's how we have our sacraments. Now the most beautiful part of baptism and communion are sacraments, at least beautiful to me, is that both require something of us. Both require open hearts and good faith reconciliation and loving God and loving neighbors. These Christ-ordained sacraments aren't just empty, rote traditions of the church. They are intentional acts and they call for action on our parts. The most famous baptizer isn't any of those 1980s televangelists, Jimmy Swagger, the Bakers, and it's not the 2021 version like Paula White. It is most definitely, it has to be John the Baptist. I mean, it's right there in his name. You get that, right, Scott? Mm -hmm. Scott the Snacker, right? right? Tamar the Giggler, John the Baptist, right? It's right there in his name, John the Baptist, Jesus's cousin, the one sent by God to prepare the way. And in today's text from Luke, John the Baptist prophetically preaches to the people a hard truth. He challenges them and he prepares the people for Jesus, the one whose sandals he was not worthy to untie. He prepares the way for Jesus's ministry for the world. The people were there because they'd heard about the wild man, John, more explicitly described elsewhere in scripture than in Luke. And they were showing up in bunches to be baptized by him. However, the subtext of this passage suggests that those people really weren't showing up for the right reasons. They hadn't really thought through what they were doing. They showed up because it was something new, maybe entertaining or maybe some cute guy or girl or family or friends or neighbors was going, so they just kind of tagged along like, 
lemmings off a cliff. So John, a plain speaking and direct prophet, called out the crowd saying, you brood of vipers, who warned you to flee from the coming judgment? Why exactly are you here? He went on, he goes, don't just think because you're of Abraham that you get a free pass. Don't be thinking an unprepared or underprepared heart can receive all that God has to give through the baptism of forgiveness. If you want it all, you gotta open your heart to it all. So first you need to repent. You need to transform. You need to live lives changed for the better. A baptism doesn't end with the water. It stays with you forever, and it should change you for the better. And the people rightly taken aback, as so often happens to us when we are directly called out for our sin, looked to John and asked, what should we do then? And John gave them answers. Whoever has must share with those who have not. Be good, be generous, always. Those with authority, in this case, the tax collectors, the ones with civilian, say political power, must never abuse others with that authority, with that power. Be honest, be fair, always. And those with brute strength, in this case, the soldiers, the ones with the power of the military or militias or gangs or police must never abuse others with that strength. You must serve with honor and truth always. John preaching truth with brutally honest language, using words that convict us, saying things that needed to be said, saying things that would cost him his life. John preaching and teaching in order to fulfill his purpose, in order to prepare the way for Jesus to show us how to honor God's goodness by loving God and loving our neighbors. Not just saying the words, but living the life. We are blessed with two sacraments in our church. And John is telling us, come to baptism with hearts prepared for baptism. Come to the communion table with hearts prepared to take a seat and break bread with Jesus. And that means we have to be of right minds and repentant hearts and loving spirits. There cannot be hate in us. There cannot be lies or falsehoods in us. We cannot follow lies or falsehoods or hate. There cannot be schemes hatching in us for ways to take advantage of our neighbors. None of that can be in us. Instead, there must be kindness, grace, and good faith in us. In this world, and made all too clearly this week in our nation, it is much too easy to end up on the path of hard-heartedness. It is way too easy to distrust our neighbors, way too easy to let animus take root and grow in us. 
But that's not the way of Christ. That's not the family we were baptized into. That's not the beautiful community of Jesus that we break bread with. That should not be us. That should not be us. And where it is us, because it is us, when it is us, because it is us, we need to fix it. We need to repent of it. We need to turn from it. And we need to turn to the Christ we follow, the Christ who gives us his name, the Christ who is all powerful, not just because of power, but because his love and his grace are more powerful than evil in the world, than sin in the world, more powerful than hate in the world, more powerful than even death in the world. I'm gonna finish with something maybe I've shared before, but I think it's important for today. A few years ago, Tamara's cousin passed away, uh, more than a cousin, like a sister to her. And I participated in Tracy's funeral. And from the church to the cemetery, I rode with the pastor of that Methodist church. And we talked, we had 10 minutes to ride. And he asked about me. I said, I went to the University of South Carolina. He goes, oh, I was at a church in downtown Columbia. That's where South Carolina, University of South Carolina is. I said, well, how was the church? He goes, it was good. It was a loving church. We weren't that big. He said, the big one was across the street. It was the Presbyterian church. It was growing by gangbusters. I asked him why he thought that was. And he said, well, you remember all the ordination fight? They took a stand and they stood against our LGBTQIA brothers and sisters, siblings, and they grew. And he told me that he'd be, he was in his board meeting, his deacons session, whatever it was called. And they would ask him occasionally, how come we can't grow like that church across the street? And I said, what'd you tell him? He said, well, I told him this. If you want to grow like that church across the street, I can do that. That's easy. Just tell me who you want to hate. Tell me who you want to hate and we'll grow. It won't last though, because that's not of Jesus. Now, if you want a church that's a blessing to its members, its community, and to Jesus that we follow, that's harder. Because for that to happen, we have to be willing to learn how to love, to love like Jesus loves. That's what I wanted to share. Friends, let's do the hard work for each other, for our community, for our nation, for our world. Let's do the hard work for Christ's sake. In the name of the good Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, thanks be to God for the blessings of this family of faith. Thanks be to God, and amen. Our next hymn is another one of my favorites, and I think
perfect. God be the love to search and keep me. again Jenna thanks so very very much and now friends so that our hearts minds souls and beings might be open to receive and ready to share the love gifts and graces of God with all of those people that God puts in our lives intentionally puts in our lives to be our neighbors to be our beloved family Receive now God's holy blessing of faith. May the Lord bless and keep you. May the Lord's goodness and graciousness be upon you. May the Lord look upon you with favor and grant you peace today and always. Thanks be to God and amen. Go in peace now to love and serve the Lord. Friends, I'll be gone for a bit. I'll see you in a while. Thanks. Thank you.